1: We've got our Eye on the Enemy, brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolness. Well, folks, it's Patriots Week, a rematch of Super Bowl 52 taking place at the link this Sunday afternoon at 425. It'll obviously be a huge revenge game for New England, looking to erase some of the memories from the Birds' 41-33 victory. And as we do every week, we're going to get an outsider's perspective on this week's opponent, being the New England Patriots this week. Who better to talk to than Taylor Collins? Kyles of Pat's Pulpit. You can follow him on Twitter at TKyles39. And uh, Taylor is also the co-host of the Patriots podcast, Patriots Perspective. Taylor, welcome to Eye on the Enemy. How are you, my friend? I'm excited to be on, John. This is uh, I love the enthusiasm, man. I can't wait to get started. Yeah, you know what? I I gotta say. Some of the enthusiasm at the start of this podcast is a little forced, based on some of the news that uh, we've been dealing with here uh, at Bleeding Green Nation. Uh, with uh, it doesn't look like we're gonna you're gonna have to worry about Alshon Jeffrey on Sunday. It doesn't look like you're gonna have to worry about uh, Jordan Howard on Sunday. I mean, you might be looking at a wide receiver core led by Jordan Matthews, who they just picked up off the street a few days ago, and Miles Sanders, the rookie second round draft pick, who. Is starting to come on a little bit, but is probably not the bell cow. We're going to get into the nitty gritty of all that in just a few minutes. But um, as as a guy who is a um, is a fan of a team and does a podcast and writes about a team that is the defending Super Bowl champions with an eight and one record. How are you feeling coming into Sunday afternoon against a a battered Eagles team uh, coming off a bye week and your first loss of the season? Uh, Well,
2: Doug Peterson, I have a lot of respect for him as a coach. So you never want to go into a game against him thinking, you know, you're going to walk out with an easy victory or anything like that but it is really hard to look at what's happening with the Eagles on offense with injuries and everything, which is just brutal. I was really looking forward to seeing what they put together when Deshaun Jackson came back. But um, with this Patriots defense, I know it looks like they may have been exposed against the Ravens, But truth be told, that was really just Lamar Jackson being Lamar Jackson and putting so much stress on so many different people on the defense and a great scheme from Greg Roman as well. So I'm feeling confident going into the game. I would love to see the Patriots offense bounce back a little bit. I know we're going to get into a little bit more later, but they've struggled with consistency and execution in some big moments. They've, They've been able to move the ball down the field. It's not really like they can't muster up anything on offense, but we've seen them sputter a bit with, you know, some turnovers and some bad situations digging themselves a bit of a hole relying on their defense more than I know they'd like to and even Brady has expressed that he's disappointed in the fact that the offense hasn't really been able to gel quite as much which is pretty understandable considering that like every year in New England the offense is going through a lot of changes from last season mm-hmm. so with the defense that they've got though in tow, it's really hard to say that you know they're a they're an underdog in any game much less you know with everything that's going on in Philly unfortunately
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously the last time Eagles fans have gotten a look at the Patriots up close was in the Super Bowl, and a lot's changed uh, since then. It's a year and a half later, and uh, both teams look very different. What would you say is the biggest difference right now between the team the Eagles saw that Sunday evening in uh, Minnesota as opposed to the one they're going to face on Sunday afternoon in Philly?
2: Well, offensively, I think there's the addition of Julian Edelman who wasn't available during that game, and I think that was a huge uh, aspect of the game, even though obviously the Patriots were able to move the ball and score. Not having (laughs) Edelman (laughs) is never Y'all didn't miss him that much. Well it's never good. It's never good. But um right, I think right. it's gonna be important because in that game, Rob Gronkowski, obviously a big mismatch problem and a guy that gave Philly a bit of a, a bit of a problem. He's now gone, you know, and that affects a lot of things on defense. It affects how where the Eagles coverage is gonna be dictated, where the defenders' eyes are gonna be in some situations. So the loss of Rob Gronkowski is significant, but Edelman coming back is gonna be big, especially I think he's gonna have a good day against Maddox. And then when you look on the defensive side of the ball, that the whole squad is just deeper, more talented. And as we saw in the Super Bowl, obviously, the much maligned choice to bench Malcolm Butler, which led to a trickle-down effect of Patrick Chung on Nelson Aguilar. Now we've got John Jones back, who was also on injured reserve the last time these two faced off. And John Jones has been the Patriots' best defender, according to Pro Football Focus. And even the eye yeah. test, he's been outstanding. So uh, there's uh, the defense. you got the secondary he's got, is healthy, and they're going to be fully bolstered. And then the linebackers, you know, when the game In the Super Bowl, you had Landon Roberts, who is a good player, but he's a role-specific player, and I think he was on the field more than you'd like to see. And Kyle Van Noy, he was a middle linebacker mostly in that game. Really plays more of the edge defender role, and he's been killing it. A great run defender, sets the edge very well, smart guy, and he's also a good pass rusher. They love to use him on those stunts and blitz packages that they have in passing situations. So I think it's a deeper unit on the defensive side of the ball, and on offense, I think you're swapping two of uh, Brady's favorite weapons.
1: Yeah, the Eagles didn't have to take on Julian Edelman, but Gronk was a monster, especially in the second half of that Super Bowl game. And uh, I, all, I mean, people forget about the fact that Malcolm Jenkins laid out Brandon, uh, not, yeah, was it Brandon Cooks uh, in the Yeah, Yeah. that was a tough, that was a tough, tough go. And, you know, you don't think about it because Brady threw for 500 yards. So they obviously recovered. I don't know how much more he could have helped in that particular game because New England's offense wasn't the wasn't the issue that day. And, and, And coming into this game, really, everything is kind of clicking for New England. They're number one in weighted DVOA. The Eagles, by contrast, come into the game number 11. Uh, New England is number 11 in offensive DVOA. The Eagles are uh, not far behind at 13, but New England is, of course, number one in defensive DVOA. The Eagles come in at number nine. And I guess, you know, as an Eagles fan, we've been watching New England's opponents, and there, there's not a lot of great opponents that they faced this year. You've got an 8-1 and one record, but you know, how much of that is weighted by their schedule so far? I mean, obviously, when you guys played Pittsburgh in week one, I think that was a legit matchup. Pittsburgh looks weaker now, but they had a, a healthy Ben Roethlis Burger in that in that game that the Patriots won. But since then, they've played the Dolphins, they've played the Jets, they've played the Bills. Uh, they played the Jets twice. They've played the Bills, Washington Giants and Browns. So that's seven wins against teams with a record of 17 and 39. Um, and then they lost two weeks ago to the team that I think is the best team in football right now, which is the Ravens. Lamar Jackson's playing at peak Mike Pick Michael Vick levels at the moment. Um, so as you look at you know the, the Patriots' record of eight and one, they play in a pretty a pretty Cozy division there in the AFC East. How legit is 8-1 for you guys right now? How how legit are you feeling your record is at the moment?
2: You know, it, I understand the speculation. It makes perfect sense, you know, especially with the Patriots, a team that with Brady as an aging quarterback, it's... It's always on the fence about whether it's the year they're going to drop off, and they've definitely beaten up on some bad teams. But at the same time, I'd say it's legit because we've seen plenty of times where talented teams drop games to bad opponents, whether it's because of preparation or not taking that opponent seriously or maybe something about them becomes exposed. But this team has absolutely dominated inferior competition, and that's really all you can do. You know, you're only playing the guys on your schedules. It's not like they can ask the league to swap out the Jets for you know, the, 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 who's good right now, the Saints or somebody like that, you know what I mean? You can only play who you've got in front of you, and they've done an excellent job. Now, the offense, like I said, they've not been able to take advantage, I think, of some situations and some defensive weaknesses just because of one reason or another. They're just not getting the job done, like I said, whether it's turnovers or just execution, period. But the defense has been shutting down these, you know, young rookie quarterbacks, a lot of guys who aren't you know, franchise names in terms of guys that you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's someone who carries the team. But, you know, what else are you supposed to do? They, they allowed record few number and points allowed, you know, uh, yards, all these things. It's been a historic performance. And I'm pretty sure that's all you can really expect for them. You know, the defense is scoring. They're creating turnovers. They're making guys pay for the mistakes that you expect them to make. And I think that with the pedigree that they have, a lot of the guys on this team, especially on the defensive side of the ball, were on the team last year when they made that playoff run And there was that murder's row that everyone said, hey, I don't know how they're going to get past all these elite offenses, you know, the Chargers, the Chiefs, and then the Rams. And the defense just took them all to the woodshed. So I understand the speculation about the fact they played bad teams, but we also saw them win a Super Bowl and go on a pretty impressive playoff run with very similar personnel in a similar scheme. So I say it's a, le- a very legit record, and I, I'm i sure they would have lost maybe one more game. I know Buffalo was a tough one that they came very close to losing, but yeah. that's a great, great defense. And Josh Allen, you know, this defense tends to struggle against some mobile quarterbacks, especially guys like Allen, who, you know, they're tough, and he's got some designed runs where he's going to keep the ball. But overall, I'd say that they have just definitely earned the record they have, and I think they're going to continue to be a dominant team in this AFC playoff race.
1: Yeah, and we've had that conversation about the Eagles, especially the last couple of weeks defensively. The defense has looked a lot better the last couple of weeks, but they've played Mitch Trubisky, who who is struggling mightily right now for Chicago, and Josh Allen, you know, the Eagles got the Buffalo Bills, and that was a tough game for the Eagles as well, but the defense managed to shut down a quarterback who's still kind of learning the craft as it goes, so... No, I mean, the Eagles have had their share of that, and and we're questioning whether or not our defense is turning a corner or whether or not they've just played inferior competition. And so let's dive into the New England offense first. And, you know, I see a team in New England that's kind of a mirror image of what the Eagles kind of need to be. Um, neither team has a deep threat. You know, New England doesn't stretch the ball down the field with a vertical passing offense, but they every year seem to find a way to matriculate the ball down the field and get, you know, 10 yards, 12 yards. They always seem to be in second and five, second and four. You know, they get themselves into advantageous third down situations, and in those rare situations where Brady does have to convert a third and long he's talented enough to do that and you know they they scheme up plays well enough in order to make that happen so how, how does new england kind of manage to get guys open in the passing game without any real vertical threat
2: you know, a lot of it is a system and i i hate to say that because it sounds like a buzzword and it s- sometimes seems to take away from the players the players are doing a good job but the system is excellent now a lot of what it's what the offense is, is a lot of people know a lot of the quick game you know they're not really a vertical team like say uh like, say kansas city where you know they take a lot of deep shots the Patriots, if they want to push the ball downfield, that usually comes off a of play action where they are absolutely fantastic. They have a lot of play pass concepts where a lineman will pull or something where it looks like a real run. Those linebackers buy it up because they're reading their keys, and then Brady throws it right over their heads, usually outside. Then you got guys like Dorsett. Dorsett isn't a conventional deep threat. He's got the speed, but not necessarily the burners that you know we see from Brandon Cooks where he can just take the top off every time you put him in a position and don't have a safety over the top. Dorsett's not quite that fast, but I think he's a better route runner, and he does a good job on double moves and taking advantage when defenders bite up. Because a lot of his routes tend to go to the intermediate part of the field. But what a lot of they, do, a lot of what they do is, if it's not the quick game, they like to work the intermediate. You know, they're not going to mm. throw the ball on a fade every every few drives. You know what I mean? But yeah, there it's it's efficiency. You know, it's just get the plays, try to have positive plays, stack those on top of each other, stay ahead of the chains the typical Brady thing, and then with his intelligence, he's smart enough to know, I'm gonna take whatever you give me, And if that's a dump off 10 times, I'll take it. But if you want to leave the middle of the field open for me to take advantage or you want to play off coverage like the Eagles tend to do, then I'll hit you on the outbreaking routes. You know what I mean? So they really just take advantage of what the defense gives them better than most teams. And that's why, despite the turnover, despite the fact that they have sputtered at times, they're still fairly high in terms of the offensive DVOA rankings.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess that that makes a lot of sense. And I think a lot of this comes down also to kind of quarterback play. And let's talk a little bit about Tom Brady, who's still going strong, as you mentioned a minute ago. I think I read someplace this week he wants to play for another like till he's like 45 or 46 something like that she's I mean, guys a freaking robot it's really amazing what he's what he's able to do he never gets hurt he never really even seems to get hit hard you know he's still going strong but I mean I, I do think the numbers between Brady and Carson Wentz who gets a lot of criticism here in Philadelphia because the Eagles are just five and four when you compare their numbers they're really having very similar seasons right now Carson Wentz has 2,060 yards on the season. Brady's at 2536 20, so uh, Brady has about uh, 500 more passing yards than Wentz. Uh, Brady averaging 280, 282 yards a game, uh, Wentz averaging 229. So yards per game, Brady has a, a pretty healthy edge. But completion percentage, Wentz is at 62.7, Brady 64.8. Yards per attempt, 6.8 for Wentz, 7.1 for Brady. Air yards per attempt, they're identical almost. 7.2 for Wentz, 7.3 for Brady. Uh, Wentz has a 15-4 to touchdown-to-interception ratio. Brady, 14-5. to 5. And uh, Wentz has a passer rating of 93.7. Brady, a passer rating of 93.1. So it's really kind of interesting. I do think that these offenses... Have a pretty have a similar set of bones to them, it's, except that I think you know, I think New England has more at the wide receiver position, and Philadelphia has more at the tight end position. A couple of dynamic tight ends in Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. The Eagles haven't really figured out a way to unleash the full potential of Dallas Goddard in the passing game as of yet. I just wonder what you see when you look at the Eagles' offense. Do you, this is obviously an Eagles' offense that also, without Deshaun Jackson, doesn't have its deep threat and kind of needs to rely on. Long drives, moving the ball down the field, converting third downs, converting red zone opportunities. Do you see a similarity in the two offenses? Absolutely. And I think one thing about the Patriots I actually didn't mention is a lot of it
2: is matchup based. And that's huge. That's where the NFL is trending right now. When you want to move the ball down the field, you've got to know which guys are going to be able to get open and who's going to be in the best position to succeed. Now, the Patriots are great at doing that, for example, in their empty formations. They like to have Edelman in the slot because most of the time, unless it's man coverage, he's going to be covered by a linebacker. That's a huge mismatch. Now, what I see the Eagles doing a lot, I love what they do with Ertz, how they move him around the formation a lot. They split him out wide. They put him in the slot because wherever he is, he's going to attract a lot of attention. And unless you dedicate either a corner or a bracket or some type of extra attention to him, he's going to eat you alive. So I do see that where they try to create the matchups, especially with Miles Sanders as well. He's been great in the passing game on some of those seam concepts out of the backfield. I I went nuts when I saw that. I thought that was beautiful. So I think that in that way, they're also similar to the Patriots in that they create those mismatches and they exploit them with the scheme. And that's how they really get their their shot plays and everything. Because like uh, how we saw with Gronk in the Super Bowl when he played, you know, when he's against a linebacker they're probably going to try to throw it over your head and try to get big yards because that's like a mismatch. It's like having a 4-3 receiver on a cornerback who only runs a 4-5. You know what I mean? So those little mismatches and those schematic advantages you create and use your players' strengths to the advantage of the entire team and the entire system is what I see between these two teams that allows them to have so much is the success that they've had.
1: I think one of the few areas uh, looking at this uh, matchup between the Eagles defense and the Patriots offense where I think the the Eagles have a little bit of an advantage is maybe along the defensive line uh, going up against uh, uh, a Patriots offensive line that's dealing with a couple of injuries. How do you think New England is going to mitigate some of those injuries against um, guys like Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, who needs to have a huge game. This needs to For Eagles fans, this needs to be a Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Derek Barnett game if they're going to have any chance of winning this thing. How do you see the Patriots' offensive line holding up against the Eagles' uh, pass rush?
2: Yeah, I think the game plan is going to be formulated around making sure those guys don't get a chance to make it their game. I think we're going to see a lot of quick concepts, screens, things to get the ball out of Brady's hand quickly, and staying ahead of the chain so that they he's not in a position where they have to worry about Barnett. They don't have to worry about Graham and Cox. And I also think they're going to lean on the running game, maybe with some no no huddle and up tempo. We saw that against the Ravens, especially with the lack of depth along that Eagles defensive line. If they get tired on a long drive, it's going to be really hard for them to get to the passer. And what the Patriots like to do a lot is use outside zone during their hurry up because that creates displacement when you move the linemen. And they're so tired, it's hard for them to put up a fight when they've been on the play for, you know, when they've been on the field for five plays in a row and they haven't really gotten a chance to get a breather. So I think we're going to see up-tempo get the ball to Brady's hands quickly so that he doesn't have to worry about those big guys coming after him, play action to slow him down a little bit more, and just complimentary fixes of the offense that are going to come together so that it can't be a game where the defensive line is allowed to dominate.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and there is nothing more demoralizing than a screen pass that goes for 25 yards. You know what I mean? I know it, we have the Eagles have gotten burned over and over again this year, giving up the deep ball. You know, it, we've given up more 50 plus yard passing plays, I think, than any other defense in the NFL. It's really been something else how they managed to make it happen every single week. Uh, but I don't know that that's going to happen this week against New England simply because that's not the Patriots style. But talk about the run the uh, the screen game for New England, because I'm not sure there's another team in football that does the screen game as well as the Patriots
2: yeah well it's a diverse screen game they like to throw it there to the receivers they like to throw it to the running backs James White is huge in that respect he's got great patience and vision and knows how to let his blocks set up so that he can bust it out for big plays the offensive line for the most part is athletic so they're really good in space and making sure they're getting a hat on a hat when they're getting outside to block those guys and then you got guys like Edelman, where if he's got the ball in his hands in any part of the field, he's a problem. They like to get the ball in his hands quickly. We haven't seen it yet, but I think Mohammed Sanu, he's one of their bigger guys. I think if he gets a favorable matchup, if he's lined up outside, he's more of a slot receiver, but sometimes in those two receiver packages, we saw him outside. If the Eagles want to play off, I think we're going to see some smoke screens and him get it real quick and just let him try to make somebody miss and get some extra yards. So it's the diversity. It's the little intricacies where they'll have screens that look like they're going one way and they go another. They're, they have this one double reverse screen where they pretend that they do the end around and they fake the handoff and then they dump it over to the back. Um, so it's just little things that give the defense enough to think about that it slows them down and allows guys to get in a good position and get blocks so it's it's a fun game to watch, especially I'm a big James White fan, obviously. I'm pretty sure every Patriots fan is. He's you know, he's a gift from God as far as we're yeah. concerned. But he's really one of the people that makes that game go. And also Joe Tooney and Shaq Mason, I can't forget about them those guys are really good getting out in front of guys and adjusting to defenders in space.
1: No, that's a very advanced offensive line. They can do so much. It's really, they have so much flexibility with what they can do with those guys. And in the run game, too, I mean, New England doesn't have that, like most teams now, don't have that bell cow running back. But um, I don't even know... I mean what who's who's their best pure runner, would you say? Is it is it is it White or is it Sony Michelle? Like who who's the Patriots best runner? Like if you need if it's if it's uh you know, if you if you need to run out the clock, who's in the ballgame for New England at this point?
2: Yeah, Sony Michelle hasn't really gotten the best reception from Patriots fans this year, but in my opinion, that's more been a product of the offensive line. Sony definitely has taken a few steps back in terms of, I think his vision and his decision-making, but that's a large part because the offensive line isn't producing the way they were last season. When we just saw them dominating teams when they wanted to run the ball, they're not getting the same movement. They're getting pushed back a good amount. I remember the first few games, Sony was getting a lot of crap, but I was looking at the tape and there were guys in the backfield when he was trying to make his cut. You know, he wasn't really put in a good position to succeed and he's been doing better the last couple weeks, even though they haven't been relying on the run game as much as they did earlier in the season. But if the pure runners, Sony's their guy. I think James White is versatile and he's someone that can give you yards on the ground. And he's improved as a runner, I think, as his NFL career has gone on. But he's not someone that you want to be in the game, as you said, in the end of the game when it's the bell cow. We gotta have it. We're running the ball. Brandon Bolden's also done a good job. He's mostly a special teamer. Had a sip of tea in Miami for a year, but he's other than that, he was a career patriot, and he's been a tough runner. In 2012, him and Steven Ridley tore it up for a few weeks, and he's really physical, he's got good vision. But we didn't see him get the ball very much just because there were so many more guys on top of him and Bolden started to start to blossom as a special teamer. But this year, they're getting him the ball more in different parts of the game as a receiver. He had one crazy catch earlier this year where he caught it over somebody down the sidelines on a on a fade route, I believe. So he's a really versatile guy who's a hard runner. So him and him and Sony Michelle are really their two bell cow. They'll run the ball when you need to, although Bolden hasn't been playing as much recently.
1: Let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll get into a little bit the, uh, more with the matchup and the Eagles offense against the Patriots defense. We'll tackle that up next on Eye on the Enemy. And we're back on Eye on the Enemy talking with Taylor Kyles of Pat's Pulpit. Again, you can follow Taylor on Twitter at TKyles39. Make sure that you check out uh, his uh, podcast that he does called Patriots Perspective. And Taylor, we're getting it into the Eagles offense against the Patriots defense. Carson Wentz dealing with a depleted unit, as I mentioned a little while ago. Uh, does They're not going to have Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, Jordan Howard. It's amazing the the way the eagles injuries have been going these last couple of years man it's it's they're more injured coming out of the bye week than they were going into it that seems i i mean i don't know if they're playing tackle football in the street during the during the bye week which i wouldn't recommend i mean it's just they they are they're more banged up now than they were going in. One of the things my reasons for optimism was I thought, okay, you go into the bye week, maybe Alshon Jeffrey, who was dealing with a calf injury a little bit earlier in the season. I thought that might have been some of the reasons why he hasn't been performing as well this year. That maybe he starts to heal up a little bit. It gives you time to work JJ Ortega Whiteside into the offense a little bit more. You know, and, and maybe they can scheme some things up here. And now they're 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 kind of spinning their wheels again with Alshon being out. Jordan Howard apparently suffered a stinger late in in the Bears game uh, a couple weeks ago and he's still not even cleared for contact so I can't imagine he's going to be on the field right now so as as the Patriots are preparing for an Eagles offense that's going to be without so many of their weapons I know Bill Belichick the, the famous line about Belichick is he takes away the thing that you do best what is it that he's going to take away? Because I'm not even sure what the Eagles are going to do best on Sunday. Yeah, I think it's Zach Ertz. I uh, said,
2: I believe it was earlier this week, that I think it's going to be a Stephon gilmore Zach Ertz matchup because he is their offense, really. He's the guy that everything's centered around in terms of what they want to do schematically, I feel like, and where they want to get the ball when they need a play, especially with the uh, the depth problems are having right now with all these injuries <laughs> and with Ertz his versatility and his ability as a receiver. I think it's too dangerous to put a safety on him because he's got good ball skills. He's a refined route runner who knows how to take advantage of leverage and use his size and strength to get open against those kinds of guys. And Stefan Gilmore, that's his bread and butter. He's physical. We even saw him go up against Travis Kelsey last year in the AFC championship game. And he said something along the lines of it was super easy. Like it was not a challenge for him. And yeah. Kelsey is one of the biggest matchup problems in the league. So yeah. if there's one place I think they're going to focus their attention on, it's Zach Ertz.
1: Well, and here's the deal. I mean, the, the reason that the Eagles got Dallas Goddard in the second round uh, two years ago when they already had Zach Ertz was to create matchup problems, right? I mean, the Eagles are going heavy 12 personnel without Deshaun Jackson and probably even more so without Alshon Jeffrey on the field because you're looking at a wide receiver crew of Jordan Matthews. You've got um, and Nelson Aguilar, who has been brutal this year, as you well know. J.J. <laughs> Ortega-Whiteside can't get on the field. You've got Mac Collins. I mean, I I don't know what to expect from Jordan Matthews coming up this week, but so that's why I know there's a lot of people who are focusing attention on J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, and maybe the second-round pick actually steps up and does some things, but I think this is a game where Dallas Goddard needs to step up and, and be the impact player that I think people thought we were going to get during training camp. Well, how do the how do the Patriots then plan to match up if if they're going to match up Gilmore on on Zach Ertz? Dallas Goddard is a very talented receiver. How would they how would they figure to to match up with the Eagles' uh, heavy use of twelve personnel?
2: So I think that on early downs and in situations where the run is a legitimate threat, I think we're going to see Patrick Chung, maybe Devin McCourty, one of the safeties covering Goddard because I don't want, think you want to leave a linebacker on him unless you're in some type of zone, which the Eagles, I think, could take advantage of. We've seen some teams do that. But other than that, I think in passing situations, we could possibly see J.C. Jackson. Now, Terrence Brooks is an athletic guy. who's He's a safety who's been covering tight ends a lot. But with Goddard, I think that J.C. Jackson, he's a physical corner. He covered Ch- Chavez Kelsey for most of the AFC Championship game last year. I think he's a guy that could give Goddard problems with his length, his physicality, and his ball skills. He's a guy that you really don't want to throw against because he's He's got crazy hands. He used to play receiver, and it shows when the ball's in the air, especially if you're going deep. So I think that's how they're going to try to match up. So a safety early downs when you're thinking about the run, and if it's just pass all the way, maybe Terrence Brooks or J.C. Jackson, who's a cornerback, putting on uh, on Goddard.
1: Let me ask you a question, and, and you, can, you can be on, as honest as you want to be with me on this. Do any of these wide receivers even scare you a little bit? I mean, just even like a tiny little bit? The most <laughs> respectful no possible. <laughs> that's the answer I thought I was going to get, Taylor. Man, I gotta be honest. Yeah, yeah.
2: Because without Sean Jeffrey, I thought that's you know that's a veteran, and I know he's hurt, but he's a pros pro. I th- I thought he could make some tough catches if he needed to in big situations. So he scared me a little bit. I thought that might have been something that could sway the outcome of the game. But with him out, you know, there's just not enough consistency with with this receiving core, especially with how it lights out the Patriots secondary has been playing for me to say, yeah, this person scares me. So that's why I think it's going to be a big game where you take away the tight ends. You take away Miles Sanders in the passing game. And then you see if anybody else can beat you. And I just don't think that this receiving core right now has the pedigree to do that.
1: In the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, the Eagles used a lot of mesh concepts uh, to to get guys open. That was kind of the big thing, you know, run a bunch of guys across the middle of the field, create a lot of traffic in the middle of the field, and and guys kind of free up and, and get open. It's how they got so many of their big third down conversions. And then you can use, they used Corey Clement in the Super Bowl, but he in this, you know, we've seen this year them use Miles Sanders on wheel routes out of the backfield combined with that mission set concept mesh sit concept that's really been kind of their bread and butter that's how they've been able to generate some offense here so how are the Patriots going to be able to to match up against that given that they had so many problems against it a couple of years ago
2: yeah I think one thing that time has really benefited with the Patriots is their chemistry in the secondary they are so good at being on the same page and because they play so much cover one they know how offenses want to attack them so with those mesh concepts they do a good job of either passing somebody off so once their receivers dedicated on that shallow cross, or He says, okay, I know another one's coming. I'm just going to wait and pick that up. Sticking close enough and understanding spacing so that they don't get picked off. And what we'll see from them sometimes as well is they'll have one safety kind of lurk down. And once that crossing route comes, you see him go down and jump it. So they've got different strategies for taking those on. And it's like the Seahawks, how we knew that they, when they had that vaunted Legion of Boom cover three, they said it was easy because they practice against the same concepts every week, because there's only so many ways you can beat a coverage. You know, they knew where the weaknesses are and they knew how defenses wanted to exploit it. So they had little change ups in the, in the play calls and different things they would do technique wise. So that they weren't beat that way. And that's really what the Patriots do against those mesh concepts. They haven't, teams haven't had a lot of success running those against them this year. And they played a lot of those West Coast teams, you know, where they have like the mesh thick concepts that's really popular and in vogue right now. I feel like Andy Reid. Has been a great has been a great leader for that uh, that charge. So yeah, I think that they're going to handle it a lot better this year than they did that season because chemistry and the communication while Gilmore came on a lot more. He struggled at times with that in the season and given the fact that in the Super Bowl, the secondary was really mismatched with so many pieces that weren't there and had to be in other positions.
1: Yeah, and Malcolm Butler not playing. I mean, that was uh, that's that still is a mystery as to as to how he wasn't in the game. And honestly, John Jones,
2: in my opinion, and I, I think most people would agree, was an even bigger loss because John Jones is someone yeah. who, since he started getting significant defensive reps, makes plays consistently. He's great fighting for the ball. He's got good ball skills. He punches it out. We saw with Nick with uh, Nick Chubb. He was really smart, and when Chubb busted a long run and was about to score a touchdown. Jones caught up after getting blocked by a line. He was on his butt on the other side of the field, sprinted down and punched it out of Chubb's hands instead of ripping it out, which is a really smart move because with a guy like Chubb, John Jones is not even 5'10", 190 pounds. Chubb's going to hold that ball if he knows you're going for it. Jones is such a smart player that he's the biggest, I think, difference maker, even bigger than Butler when you want to talk about this matchup compared to the last one.
1: It's a scary matchup for the Eagles here. Well, the one, the one thing I think the Eagles uh, could have going for them, if they can keep this game close, and I'm not sure how I see them doing it, but along the offensive line, especially the right side of the offensive line, where you've got Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, and, and Lane Johnson, they've had a lot of success running the football. Now, a lot of that has been with Jordan Howard. And he's probably not going to play on Sunday as we are recording this. Uh, again, with the stinger issue, so Miles Sanders is going to get a lot of those touches. The Eagles signed Jay Ajayi off the street, and they say he could play some on Sunday. I don't see. I don't see him having any impact, seeing as how he hasn't played a game in over a year and a half. I mean, so. That just doesn't that doesn't ring true to me. It's more likely Boston Scott comes in and takes a few snaps, you know, here and there from from Miles Sanders. And maybe we maybe the, we see the Miles Sanders breakout game. I mean, he certainly has talent. He's been coming on. I think he's been doing a better job of not trying to bounce everything outside like he was the first few weeks of the season. But he's obviously still missing a bunch of plays. Nevertheless, I think one of the Patriots' weaknesses, if they have one on defense, has been in the run game. It's just that they've been ahead so much that teams have had to abandon the run. How worried would you be? about the Eagles running game if this game is close for any length of time?
2: I'm really not that worried because this defensive front is very stout. They got big guys who are strong at the point of attack, not easy to move, and they're very smart. They understand leverage and they're hard to take advantage of technique-wise. And then you got the linebackers who are physical. They themselves are very good at getting off blocks and flowing to the ball and bringing down ball carriers where we've seen them struggle with the Patriots is with more crafty veteran and really Dick Chubb's not a veteran but like guys like Frank Gore, Le'Veon Bell Uh, Nick Chubb. Those are the guys that gave them trouble because they have such good vision and they're so good at manipulating defenders so that they go one way and they exploit a crease somewhere else. We've seen uh, Juwan Bentley, who's a linebacker for the Patriots, a really good rotational young guy for them, but he's been taken advantage of a couple of times in situations where a back has gotten him to commit somewhere that he shouldn't be and they pop a big game. So this defense is good from a down to down perspective. They've definitely given up big plays. But I don't think Sanders, especially with the vision issues that he's had at points this season, I don't think he's going to be enough for this ground game to really get going, despite the fact that the Eagles are really looking good on that offensive line for the most part.
1: All right, so last thing. uh, We don't often talk about special teams, but who knows what kind of weather we're going to get on Sunday in Philadelphia. I think last last I saw, it's going to be chilly. I don't think there's going to be any precipitation or anything like that, but you can have some windy games at Lincoln Financial Field. Uh, What's your confidence level in your kicker? Nick Folk, I I know there's been a a number of kickers uh, uh, come through new england here so far this season yeah
2: I, it's hard to gauge really because last game there weren't a ton of opportunities for nick folk to make a huge impact or make some kind of big pressure kick where you know it's end of the game and brady can't put the ball in his hands but uh, in any situation where we saw a couple weeks ago or a couple games ago for the patriots they were in fourth and six and they were still going for it and it showed how little confidence they had in the kicker at that time obviously he was released and they brought in nick folk I don't want to say I'm not confident because Folk was good in his debut, but at the same time, I'm not going to say that I trust a guy who just came in was a free agent not too long ago to go out and kick a 48-yard game winner, you know what I mean? So I think any time they can put the ball in Brady's hands and have the game be dictated by what he does, I think that's what they're going to do.
1: Well, it's one thing to bring in a kicker off the street. It's another thing to bring in a uh, top-wide receiver and running back off the street Uh, (laughs) of a big game like this. So I, I think you're in a better spot. And I guess that'll be the last thing I ask you about is, all right, let me get a prediction from you for the Eagles and Patriots game here on Sunday afternoon. Do the Eagles have a shot? Oh man, I,
2: I, I, I feel, again in the most respectful way. No,
1: you don't have to be respectful about it, man. I, am not gonna be respectful <laughs> about
2: it. <laughs> I, I, I always, it's a Belichick mindset, man. I always try to respect the opponent, and I never like yeah, right yeah. to think that you go into a game that's a, that's a guaranteed win. But I don't know. It would take some Herculean efforts from every single star player on this Eagles team to pull out a win. In my opinion, I think in the, the lifeblood of that for me, and what really sways me is the Patriots defense. That defense travels, they've been excellent. And where we saw them gashed during the Ravens was really just Lamar Jackson being Lamar Jackson and torturing them the way he's torturing everybody else. You know, So it's not like they were getting torn to shreds by somebody like Joe Flacco. No offense, Joe. Good guy. But um, there's really not enough pieces on the offense or defense, I think, to scare you. And I think that the problems on defense are things that can be schemed around. And I think also just schematically with the personnel that this defense has in the secondary, and even at the linebacker position, there's too many ways for the Patriots to exploit them given what they already like to do. So it would take some really crazy stuff to happen for, I think, the Eagles to make this a game for the long haul maybe close in the beginning. If the Patriots sputter, then I think that could be a big part of it if the offense continues to be inconsistent like they've been. But with the bye week and all this time to prepare, I I don't see the Eagles pulling it out this time. You got a score for me? I'm so bad at score predictions. I'll go 35-10. Let's go with that because I I like Wentz. I think he can put up a touchdown, but I think that's about it. (laughs)
1: It's asking a lot of Wentz to try and make something happen uh, this Sunday afternoon, but I know uh, Eagles fans will get on him if he isn't able to make it happen. It's kind of a shame that you know the Eagles are dealing with so many injuries here because this would have been a really cool rematch of uh, of a great game a couple of years ago in Super Bowl Fifty Two. But it's uh, kind of not it's not really looking like that as we. Uh, approach the weekend here as we record this podcast. Folks, make sure you are reading everything Taylor Kyle's writes uh, for Pat's Pulpit. Check him out on Twitter at tkiles39, and make sure to check out his podcast, Patriots Perspective. Taylor, thanks for coming on Eye on the Enemy, man.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It was a great time.
1: All right, so you heard Taylor's prediction there. He's got the Patriots winning 35-10, to and folks, I really wish I could tell you I felt differently about it. I, I feel like if Alshon Jeffrey and Jordan Howard were going to play I felt reasonably confident that the Eagles could actually win the game on Sunday because I really felt like Alshon Jeffrey. I I feel like there's more football in there somewhere, and I was hoping that the bye week, as I mentioned just a minute ago, would help uh, Alshon get healthier and that the whole team would get healthier. But the team got less healthy over the course of the bye week, which is really a difficult thing to comprehend. And so you've got Jordan Matthews who'll be making his first appearance, but he's not going to make a huge splash, I don't think. Um, again, maybe Miles Sanders. Maybe it's the breakout game for Miles Sanders as the uh, as the running back getting 20-25 carries, but I just I don't see it. Hey, is it the Boston Scott breakout? Sure, why not? I mean, is this the game Dallas Goddard finally steps up? This is going to be a game where the defense has to shut down Tom Brady in the offense, and I'm, I, I think they are doing better. I think having Darby and Mills in the secondary definitely makes them a stronger defensive unit. Uh, they played very well against the Bills and the Bears, against Josh Allen and Mitch Trubisky, but Tom Brady and the New England Patriots are a different animal altogether. And I just don't, given the the Eagles injuries and the state of the team at the moment, I just don't feel like this is a game where the Eagles are even going to be competitive. So uh, I've got the Patriots uh, winning this one 30 to 13. I don't think it's going to be all that close, I think Carson Wentz is just going to have a hard time trying to get anything going with the personnel he has out there. And I'm not going to blame Carson Wentz one bit. I really just can't imagine a scenario where the Eagles sputter in this game and it's Carson Wentz's fault. I mean, I'm not trying to be an apologist for the guy, but look at what he has out there. Look at what he's got working for him. And I think the defense will try and keep this game close for a while. I think it'll be a close game into the third quarter, late in the third quarter, and we just see the Patriots kind of, pull away from this team uh, as the game goes along. So uh, that's my prediction for Eagles-Patriots on Sunday. I wish, I hope I'm wrong. I hope we see a miracle here on Sunday afternoon. We've seen Doug Peterson's teams, specifically last year going into Los Angeles against the Rams. We've seen them perform miracles before. B- before. Maybe that's what we see again on Sunday afternoon against New England at Lincoln Financial Field. But this is a disappointing rematch of Super Bowl 52. The Eagles clearly not at full strength going against a Patriots team. Hungry coming off their first loss of the season. Also coming off a bye week and as healthy as they have been all season long. That'll do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. Again, my thanks to Taylor Kyles of Pat's Pulpit for coming on. And, folks, uh, make sure you are following BGN Radio on Twitter at BGN underscore radio. Make sure you're checking out BleedingGreenNation.com every day for all the latest Eagles news. And check out all of our podcasts at the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed on Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating and a review when you get a chance as well. That definitely helps the hashtag brand. Thanks everybody for tuning in. I'll talk to you next time here on Eye on the Enemy. B G N.